I don't know how he keeps doing it. I really don't. But Eric Musselman goes into the transfer portal once again and gets another big-time player, making it four coming to Arkansas next year. Let's talk about the biggest one and the latest one here on the day's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the day's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as you finally have made it to the weekend. It's going to be a big woo pig weekend happening there in Fayetteville. I know it sounded lame, but I had to say it's kind of what's going on with all the different sporting events that's happening. And it uh, should be a great one to uh, to watch and to, to be up there in Fayetteville, which I look forward to making the trip up there as well. And that's why, again, I'm having to record this podcast a little bit uh, early, which is so funny. I feel like the lighting makes it so different uh, when it's at night here when I'm recording it than I have to use all these different lights and things. You guys don't care about that. It doesn't matter. Uh, moving on into something a lot more important, though, is just when you thought it was taking a little bit of a easy go or at least uh, being a little bit more chill. Nope, 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 nope. That did not happen. That did not happen whatsoever. Because Arkansas and Eric Musselman adds another transfer out of the transfer portal. This time, it is Jeremiah Davenport, who is from Cincinnati. He's been a player that's been at Cincinnati for uh, four years now. And actually was on the team that Arkansas beat up in Kansas City just a couple years ago. So uh, he's a player that has been around a little bit and uh, obviously has had a nice little career there. But he entered into the portal and... He decided to make Arkansas his next home. He's 6'7", 215 pounds. He's actually a native out of Cincinnati, so he's leaving his hometown. Uh, but he scored over 1,000 points for Cincinnati. He had 459 rebounds, 205 made three-pointers, which I'm a big fan of, and just shot under 35% shooting from distance in his career. Uh, he fits the mold, of course, what we know of like what Eric Musselman's looking at for wing guys and as far as shooters go and you know, just just all the different types of players that you get and have seen Eric Musselman have, to have a guy like this is just a huge get for the Razorbacks. He averaged nine points this past season, four, a little over four rebounds, one and a half assists per game, and he knocked down 72 three-pointers at 33%, shooting 83% from the charity stripe, which I really like that. We all do. We all like the free throw shooting, and we all like uh, how that goes on. Now, this past year, you just look at his numbers and maybe you're like, okay, well, it's not as high as what you were hoping or what you were expecting from some big-time player at Arkansas, but uh, throw this also into the mix, too. The previous season, so not last year, but the uh, previous year, uh, you had Davenport be able to put in 13.5 points per game on 5.5 rebounds per game and hitting 83 threes, shooting 36% from beyond the arc and 32 starts for Cincinnati. So this past season, his stats weren't as good, or at least his numbers weren't as good as far as the averages go, but he was still a good player and a guy that uh, is experienced in playing at uh, you a know, high-level college basketball program. And even in his uh, three years ago as a freshman, where uh, uh, actually as a, a sophomore, I should say, a true sophomore, still averaged almost 12 points a game and five rebounds, and then shot uh, 38% from three-point range. So it's almost like his stats, his worst numbers were this past season, and, you know, some people may take that as like, oh, well, that just kind of shows you that he's not that great of a player. Oh, that may be a problem. Oh, you know, you can take it however you want. But how I'm going to take it is I'm going to look at it in the respect of, hey, this is a guy that obviously uh, 
is in a situation he didn't want to be in in Cincinnati anymore. Still had some eligibility. Still want to try to take his game to another level. And why not go to Arkansas? Why not go to the Portal King and be able to have him develop you into possibly being an NBA player? I don't know exactly if that's going to be the case with Davenport, but I certainly know that uh, him coming in and, and the size and the athleticism that he's going to bring, as well as the great shooting, it's, it's, it's a big-time get. It's an absolutely big-time get for Arkansas. Now, we could sit here all day long and start talking about ifs and buts and how this team's going to look at the end of the day, because it's still an ongoing thing. It's still a fluid situation on exactly what this team will look by, like at the end of the day. I am still waiting on Jordan Walsh. You know, I'm still waiting on Devo Davis. I'm still waiting on some of these guys and, and what they're going to do or how they're going to look if they end up staying at Arkansas or if they end up going to the next spot or the next level, you know, whatever it may be, we'll still find we'll still wait on and still find out. But when you add a guy like Davenport, as well as a guy like Minifield, and then you throw in a guy like Mark, and then even the dude from Temple Battle, which, you know, again, that's just such a great last name. Those are four players that are not only capable scorers, but for the most part are talented shooters, guys that can hit threes, guys that can hit free throws effectively. And those four guys right there all next year are going to be counted on to be able to provide instant scoring for Arkansas. Now, their defense is going to have to come along with it too, but you can tell from the get-go exactly what, exactly what the whole priority was for Eric Musselman in this basketball team. Scoring, scoring, scoring. And again, the defense is going to have to come with it. But even if you take the four guys that you added, you still got a great offensive player in Jalen Graham and a great offensive player in Trevin Brazil. Like those are the ones that you have for certain coming back. And like you just look at it and you're like, man, that is that's a ton of offense. That is a ton of offense. And by that reasoning, you won't have to you feel like you won't have to worry about where the offense is going to come from next year. You, you got the guys. You got what you need. You got who you need. And so who's to say why it won't be uh, a great thing for this team next year to be a high-scoring team? Again, defense has to come along with it, and they still got some other pieces that they'll add into the mix. But I just like how Muss literally looked at his priorities and said, let's do this. Let's get these guys. Let's, let's not even have any problems. Like Not just, oh, we have one scorer. Oh, we have one shooter. No, let's have an entire group of dudes that can score. And that's what's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. So again, we'll have to wait on and see what, uh, what the current roster spot holds. But it seems to me, too, kind of going forward, that Muss is still wanting to add a big man. I think that there's people that they're still looking at. Uh, I think that there's also a different type of big man that maybe they're looking at. I think they definitely want someone defensive-minded uh, that can score and everything. But that seems to be the next step. So the roster spots are kind of iffy too. You know, I, I still believe there's going to be at least one, maybe even two players leaving Arkansas, whether it's going to the NBA draft or whether it's going to the transfer portal. It just kind of gives a vibe that there's going to be at least two more leaving the roster that was on the team this past season. But again, we'll, we'll wait till we'll cross that bridge when we, when we get there. But it certainly also gives me the vibe of this guy coming in with uh, Davenport his, his size is 6'7", and, and everything. Does that maybe take on the Jordan Walsh role? Does that maybe mean that Jordan Walsh is leaving? You know, maybe. Again, we could speculate about this all day long. But, uh, again, I, I like what he's done. I like what Muss has done. And it's incredible to me to just see the reactions from people, uh, national college basketball people, as well as other fan bases and other uh, of, of other teams and everything, where 
you're not just getting dudes out of the portal. You're getting bona fide, like, amazing players that will make you instantly better the second they step onto the court. Like, you've done that already, and they're not done yet. They're still working on some guys. And I know that the one that I get, I think I have in the comment section of every single podcast that I ever do, seems like at least, from every single podcast that I ever do, there's always something about Hunter Dickinson from Michigan because they had that Zoom call with him last week or this past week. We were wondering, ooh, is there is there a legitimacy to this? Could it actually end up happening? Is there somebody some reason to believe that maybe, just maybe, uh, he could be interested in Arkansas? And I'll say this. I don't know for a fact if it's the case that he is, uh, you know, like what's he looking for? Or I think he's taking a visits to Maryland and Georgetown. But from what I gather, since he's kept everything pretty close to the chest, if he, he he's taken some visits, he's taken some Zoom calls and everything, but I also think he's not going to wait around very long. So if through this weekend, if he's not committed to these other schools that he's visiting officially, because let's be honest, Maryland and uh, Georgetown are where is the area where he's from. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But if he doesn't make a commitment or a decision after this weekend, after visiting those schools, I think that's a good sign for Arkansas. I, I don't have no idea if he's going to play here. Like, again, it, it could be completely and totally something that he in his mind has moved on from the Razorbacks. Like, that's 100% could be the case. I'm just going off of what you're looking at and how it's going and kind of based on logic and common sense. There could be a really good chance if that ends up happening. But even if it's not Hunter Dickinson, they still are going to be looking at some other big men. Uh, Makai Mitchell still waiting on uh, the official word of what he's going to be doing. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait on that. But still, I just believe that they're, they're not done. Muss is continuing to just ball out and do great things. I love the man for it. I want him to continue on with it. And I just, I love how the reactions from everybody else, too. They're just like, oh, they're paying for players. They're cheating. No. Of course not. Illegal. It's great recruiting. And wanting to play at a at a program where they can be in positions to get better and be a better player and be on a winning team and actually do something in March Madness. Because a lot of you other programs, especially in the SEC, have been you've been uh you've been lagging. You've been not really uh doing any favors to the conference advancing too far into the NCAA tournament, which is all it's where it's about. So that's probably why big time players want to come to Arkansas because they want to be a part of a big time program and a team that only makes them get to the NBA but also uh, helps them win, too. So, just saying. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the spring game and football here in just a second. But first, i got to tell you about Built Bar. We know that uh, since every time I tell you about Built Bar, I, you hear me say the same things. You hear me say about, oh, about the low calories, and oh, about the great high protein, and how they taste amazing because they're covered in 100% chocolate. All of these things are 100% true, too. But the thing at at the end of the day, as it comes down to this when it comes to Built Bar and why you need to buy it, is that we all want to try to look better and feel better and have something that's easy, fast, and convenient when we're on the go and we're working. And it's tough to come by. It's tough to find things that we can do that, that's not bad for us, that we don't eat and you know just feel sick afterwards or anything. Like, that's what Built Bar is about. It's supposed to help you with that, where it satisfies your, your hunger for a great-tasting substance but also provides the health and nutrients that you need the most. So check out Built Bar. You can go to their website at Built.com. If you go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, go to the pharmacy section. They also have a bunch of different Built Bars to choose from, all the different delicious flavors to choose from, the different boxes to choose from. It's all up to you, but don't miss out. You, you cannot go wrong. I promise you that. I give it the John Neighbors guarantee. Go check out Built Bar at your local Walmart or Sam's Club and also at Built.com. 
are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So <clears throat> I guess we do talk, talk about the spring game. It is happening this weekend, and it is happening in Fayetteville at Razorback Stadium at noon. And that's kind of what we're going to see. Don't really know what to take from it or uh, how excited that some of you may be about it. But I don't know. I look at it in different ways and in different perspectives, and some of you may disagree, and that's fine. Because uh, we've talked a little bit about the spring game and the excitement or lack thereof that people have for it. I actually started viewing the spring game differently a few years ago. And maybe when COVID happened and he didn't get a spring, it really changed some things. But the spring's not really so much of an interest if you don't have a quarterback battle. (laughs) You know, like it it suddenly doesn't have the same vibe or the same uh, adrenaline or excitement if you already know who's playing quarterback, which is KJ Jefferson. And that's like, I would say. 65% of the excitement for spring games in college football. And I think the other majority of it, or maybe 30% or so, is about uh, new coaches, new head coaches, new regimes, whatever it may be. So, you know, pick your poison there and and say what you want. But when Arkansas is having no problems with the quarterback position and they still have the same coach, they did change some coordinators, it just doesn't have the gusto that maybe other programs have. And honestly, that's fine. And to take it even a step further, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's so much better that you have a program to where you're not having to worry about who the starting quarterback is going to be. The only thing that you have to worry about is just, all right, we need to get better on the depth on the defensive line, or we need to get better in the passing game on defense and not be giving up 400 yards a game. You know, those are things we need to work on. And how do you work on those things? Well, you get better players. They address those needs. Yes, I would. I would absolutely make the argument. And maybe I'm being crazy here because they still have not finalized the roster because they're still going into the portal. But dare I say that Arkansas's roster overall might be more talented than what it was a year ago. A lot of you will disagree, and that's fine. Because it's we're talking about spring football right now. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. But I'm looking at it from just, again, overall. You don't have a Drew Sanders on, the, on this year's team. That's true. That's true. It's 100% true. But maybe where you lost to Drew Sanders, you made up for with some of the big-time players that you got out of the portal in the secondary. You know, the five-star player from Georgia. Uh, Alcott, the, the, the players from Baylor, the transfers from there. You know, and, and the development of uh, Dwight McLaughlin and, and Quincy McAdoo. Like, maybe because you lost a high-level talent like Drew Sanders, you made up for it, kind of spread it out a lot more in the secondary. And, you know, maybe on the defensive line, you, you lost a few guys like Jordan Dominic and everything that you thought would be uh, real big game-changers this year, and that is true. But you did go into the portal and bring in some big-time players. You know, just like we talked about Tank yesterday, Tank Booker. Got some big, big-time players to where I feel like the D-line it's not going to be any worse than what it was last year, for sure. Just based on the talent and individuals. Everyone's got to stay healthy. This is all based on that. But you're in a great position there. You know, in the offense, the offense would be one of the ones that I feel like you could probably make the arguments for because the running back room's the same and the quarter, the running back room's the same. So that's going to be just as good, if not better. 
the quarterback room is better. You still got KJ, but you have upgraded at the quarterback position. 100%. That, that cannot be. Uh, I think there's no way you could argue that. The offensive line, we'll see. But it's still, you're, you're in good shape. You're going to miss out on Ricky Stromberg, who had a great year. But you still have guys that will be in a piece. Maybe that's more of the wait and see. But I still believe as long as Sam Pittman's a coach, you're going to have good offensive line. Tight end position, I think you've upgraded. You've got a lot of good freshman talent there. And the wide receiver position would be the only one that I would say you haven't like fully for sure upgraded at. You could you could get to that point. Maybe you have uh, some guys that overall as you know three, four, five guys, maybe the production goes up, maybe they get targeted a little bit more. You know, maybe those things are the case. But I still don't think that that's, that's what's happening. So if you're just balancing all of that out, balancing all those positions out and, and who's doing what, I feel like when you look at the positions that got better and the positions that got worse and the positions that are the same, there's a lot more better than there is worse or the same. So that's what I mean by the overall roster, I believe, is better. I want everybody to be healthy. And I want everybody to, to stay healthy and not get hurt during the spring game. No injuries. No, no injuries. We don't need any injuries. Injuries are bad. So everyone stay very healthy. Everyone have a good time. Everyone make the best of their practices and in their reps in the spring. Let's close out on a great note. And let's get ready for the fall. Right? Right? Keeping those portals and start trying to uh, bring in some other dudes that are really good. Because, hey, the more the merrier. Especially for Arkansas right now. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball, Arkansas and Tennessee coming up this weekend here on the other side of the break. So stay with us on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, this is a big one between Arkansas and Tennessee baseball in Fayetteville, Arkansas has done a good job. They've only lost one series in the SEC so far, and that was to LSU on the road, who is uh, the number one team in the country, rightfully so. But we know that Arkansas and Tennessee haven't played each other in a series since two years ago on the road, where we know the famous instance happened between uh, Dave Van Horn and Tony Vitello. But I, I thought that this was a great clip I'm going to play for you. Uh, Dave Van Horn actually went on Sirius XM Radio College Sports and was asked about the beef with him and Tony Vitello. And is it bad or is it as bad as it, it sounds or was it bad as it makes it out to be? I thought this was a great quote and a great clip from Dave. And I'll, I'll just play it for you and let you uh, decide to uh, draw your own conclusions. It's going to come up now every time you play Tennessee. How do you describe your relationship with your former assistant, Tony Vitello? We saw kind of tempers flare a little bit a couple years back. Like, what is that relationship <laughs> now? Uh, I just laugh at everybody. I just laugh. So Tony and I hung out together in Nashville after 10 o'clock at night, hanging out, eating, drinking, whatever you want to call it. So we're good. But yeah. if fans want to blow it up, I mean, Tony and I took a couple of funny little pictures together, like we were in a boxing match or strangling <laughs> each other, you know, just kind of goofing around. Like, hopefully those don't pop up with this weekend, but we're fine. Um, now, I don't know, man. We had really what what kind of what went on the first part is we're hey, it's all about recruiting, man. You got to you know you can be a really good coach, but you better have some good players. You're not going to win. So, uh, you know, we made a call to a kid that 
had verbally committed to them that was around our area because we didn't see him because of COVID. And I guess he held that in for a year. And, uh, you know, then I got to tell him about a kid that we had committed that all of a sudden decommits when Tony gets a job at Tennessee two weeks later. That's kind of how it started. So mm. he got me. I got back at him. Then we went and had a glass of red wine. Okay, so we're good. Sounds pretty good to me, Dave. Like, I love the fact that he was just like, yeah, we had some wine and we took some funny pictures together like we were boxing matches. Like He says they bury the hatchet and it's all good. And from what it sounds like with Vitello, it sounds like it's all good, too. It's just funny that the fans and the team is like they embrace this hatred all because of that one instance. But yet the two people that were involved in the heated exchange are the ones that are probably the most cool after it. And just say, hey, man, we're, we're cool. We're great. We're wonderful. So I just thought that was a great clip and uh, just kind of shows Dave that's like, hey, there's no problems. There's no beef. That's more for the fans. If they want to believe it, that's what it is. But me and Tony are really close still. We still keep in contact. We're still still good people and he kind of went into the reasoning behind why it was the case so if it's good for dave it's good enough for me and uh, i still believe people can disagree and i'm sure the tennessee faithful would definitely disagree but i will say though that i believe tony patel is going to be the next head coach of arkansas once dave van horn retires that's a reckless prediction of mine if you want to call it that but that's just how i feel It, it gives the vibe that it could be that way and i wouldn't mind it Actually, I know some of you will disagree and yell at me. I wouldn't mind uh, Tony Patello being the next head coach of Arkansas, considering if he continues to be, you know, having success at Tennessee. And I, I don't want Dave Van Horn going anywhere. I want Dave Van Horn to coach as long as humanly possible. Coach, like Van Horn's in his prime right now, folks. Like Arkansas is making the College World Series. What well, they've made it every year. So, oh, say they let's go through it all. So 2018, they made it. 2019, they made it. Didn't have a season. 2020. 2021, they were the best team in the country all year long, but didn't make it, made it the Supers. 2022, they made the World, uh, World Series. So he's in his prime. Like they, They're dominating it. So I don't want him going anywhere. But just saying, don't, 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 hate, on, don't hate on Tony V too much, especially if he ends up being your next head coach, because I could absolutely see that happening. Because who would want to be at a poverty baseball program forever like Tennessee when you can come to Arkansas and have a lot more success, a lot more fan support, a lot more money, and a lot more fun? That's how I'm looking at it. Appreciate everybody listening into Locked On Ranger X podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. Keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.